Alright, here again, preaching. <laughs> uh, pastor said at, at our youth camp, you know, uh, when you preach, can you eat beforehand? <laughs> I said, normally. <laughs> he said that when he, when he was preaching, he said, uh, one of the other pastors asked, is he alright? He said, he's got butterflies here. Well, <laughs> here I am, <laughs> myself. <laughs> Doesn't normally happen, but... Uh, it's, it's good to be here preaching, and uh, despite uh, feeling more nervous than normal. Um, and sometimes we feel unworthy to, to preach because of things that we have or haven't done. Uh, and we've, we feel that we could have done better. Um, the Bible says that you know Elijah was a man subject to like passions. And that gives us hope because, you know, he, he was doing amazing miracles for God. He called down fire from heaven. But he is subject to like passions as we are. And uh, we, can, we can have hope that God can still use us. And if we will humble ourselves to God, he can still use us and will still use us. Um, <clears throat> All right, we'll be um, starting in Philippians, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. In verse 12. All right, if we can just stand and I'll just read this verse. This is just the one verse. Philippians 2, uh, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All right, let's pray. Uh, Lord, please, uh, please bless your people tonight, Lord, and please bless me to speak. Lord, I feel unworthy to speak, Lord, and I know that I never was worthy, even, Lord, when I did well, even, Lord, uh, when I read my Bible, Lord, no matter what I can do, Lord, I'm not worthy, so I pray, Lord, that uh, you'd fill me with your Holy Ghost, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God, that I would preach, Lord, um, not fearing the faces of men, Lord, but um, knowing that you are my witness as I, as I preach, and that um, your name would be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I want to just start by saying that um, uh, as a church, you know, and as individuals, um, I love you guys, and um, when we preach... Uh, we preach to build the people up and to magnify God, not to tear people down, even if the preaching is hard and the preaching is rough. The fact that you guys are still here despite sometimes rough preaching and pastor preaching strong, the fact that you guys are still here means that you are hungry to grow. You guys want to grow more. You guys, although we don't all do well, you guys still want to do better and you still want to come, keep coming back to God for him to feed you, and that's why we're here tonight, so hopefully uh, you won't go home hungry. 
Um, the, I thought Pastor was going to keep preaching and I was just going to let him <laughs> preach as long as he wanted. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes, though, though we love being in church, though we love the people in church, and it says that the, you know, um, it says many times about the love of the brethren, and this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Sometimes, well, not sometimes, but most of the time, we are not in church. We are at church, and we can fuel up, and we go again. But most of our lives is not spent at church. Um, with the people of God, um, the people that we learn to love, and the people that we learn to get along with uh, in the church, and the people that keep coming into the church, and we've got to look uh, right as it were, when somebody new comes into the church. But we shouldn't have to change our ways when somebody new comes into the church. We should all already be uh, conformed to the image of Christ or conforming to the image of Christ. We shouldn't have to abruptly change because somebody new walks in the door. But when we are not in church, this says here, this is to the Philippians here, it says here, uh, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is, um, this is saying that when we are away from the church, when, we are abs- when pastor is absent from us, do we change our ways? Do we change our ways when we come to church on a Sunday morning? Do we live one way at home in Sunday morning or Saturday night? We change our clothes and we put change our change our music on the radio. We change our the the TV program we're watching Saturday night because we couldn't have anything. Uh, we couldn't uh, influence ourselves to accidentally say something wrong on Sunday morning, so we better we better change it so that. Nobody knows what we're watching. Nobody knows what we're doing at home. Um, but God can see what we're doing at home. God can see even when pastor can't see. Um, are we reading our Bibles at home? If we're going to, if we're going to cut out um, behaviour that is not acceptable to God, so we, we, we come to church and we conform to what pastor preaches because... If we don't, um, if we don't look right, if we don't wear trousers at church, Pastor will frown at us and and won't let us speak up here, which is uh, <laughs> maybe not such a bad thing. <laughs> I'll wear shorts tomorrow. <laughs> no, but um, but um, no, we, we love we love coming up here and preaching when when uh, God gives us the opportunity because although though it's Pastor who gives the opportunity. It is given through God and it is a privilege and it's one to be uh, taken with uh, reverence and respect and we need to study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth no correction. Um, so, Lost my train of thought now. Okay, Luke, Luke four, uh, Luke chapter four, verse four. Are we reading our Bibles? Luke four, four. <clears throat> uh, 
And it says here, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Do we hang on every word of God? If we stop eating, we will be physically affected. But have we even grieved when we uh, don't get to read our Bibles? Tell you what, this morning, Matthew was a bit of a grumpy. I don't know whether he had enough sleep or not, or he certainly missed breakfast, but so did I. <laughs> but um, his biggest complaint wasn't that he missed breakfast. It wasn't that he didn't have enough sleep. It was that he didn't read the Bible enough in the morning. That's, he was a bit crotchety in the morning. But is that the case with people here tonight? Are we complacent? Do we care when we... Uh, when we miss a chapter, do we care when we don't read in the read as much as we want? You know, he read in the he read this Bible in the morning, and some of us would say, "Okay, I've, I've read my Bible this morning." But when, when we read a lot in the morning and we don't get to read, are we aggravated? Do we care? Do we care when we miss breakfast? Yep, we care when we miss breakfast. So why don't we care when we miss our Bible reading? It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And in Job 23, Job 23, uh, and in verse 12, Job 23, and I'll just turn there so that I um, make sure I get it right. Job 23 and verse 12, it says, Neither have I gone back from the, the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Are we even holding God's word as relevant? Are we holding it as necessary in our lives? It says here that food is necessary, but we are to esteem, and Job was esteeming his word more than necessary food. Are we going to esteem our, our, the Word of God more than our necessary food? Uh, Pastor Jono was preaching to the youth. He was saying that the, he, was, he was likening um, the Bible to a rifle and saying that this is my Bible. There are many like it. Uh, this, but Yeah, but this one is mine. And he was saying that you must master your Bible as you must master your life. And isn't that true? When you go to preach to somebody, you must know your Bible. When you go to uh, talk to somebody, you must know your Bible. <coughs> and you must have your testimony right. You must have your testimony right. You must not... Um, be obviously lying to these people. You must um, walk upright in front of these people. You must master your Bible as you master your life. And it says in the um, in the in the creed that he was reading from. It says, likening it to a rifle again, that uh, you must shoot truer than your enemy who is trying to kill you. And that is, that is true. And you must shoot first and kill him. This is the, um, this is the Marine Corps' um, creed that it's coming from. And that is true. When you, when you go to give the gospel to somebody, you must know your Bible. Your testimony must be right. 
And when you, uh, when you go and talk to somebody, the devil is going to come and afflict you. The devil is going to come and tell you, oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't uh, do this. No, 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 you don't have your Bible on you. No, 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 your, your tracks are not where you left them. The devil is going to say, no, no, you're talking about this. You can't talk about the gospel. The devil says, you're busy. But what you need to do is you need to shoot first. You need to get in there before the devil gets in there. You need to just start speaking the gospel. And don't, don't, don't go up to them. I, I made this mistake the other day. Somebody at work, was, I was reading Isaiah 53, and I got so pumped up reading, reading it in my lunch break, I just wanted to go share it with somebody. I just was, I don't know, I was grinning from ear to ear for some, some reason. I was just happy in the Lord. And uh, I wanted to go share the gospel with somebody, and I walked up to them, and I was just so happy reading my Bible, I thought that surely nobody, nobody would say no, you know. It's, you know, Jesus has died for us, you know, it's the best thing in the world. Nobody's going to say no, well, I've got to know. <laughs> a flat no three times in a row. Um, but what my problem was, was I went up to this person, well, part, part of the problem, it's not the only problem, um, but I went up to this, problem, this person and I said, can I share with you the word of God? So I let the devil get in there. I let the devil shoot back. I should have just started sharing the word of God. And, and you know, even if I said, you know, do you go to church or something? Do you, do you believe in Jesus or something? Just something to start getting the gospel across there rather than asking permission because of... Of course, they're going to say no. You know? <laughs> so we need to get in there before the devil can get in there, and we need to shoot truer than the devil. We need to, we need to, and that means accurate. When you're talking about shooting a rifle true, it's talking about shooting it straight and accurate. And we need to be to the point when we talk to somebody about the gospel. We don't want to monkey around with the gospel and, and go, you know. Um, go off on a tangent and, and beat around the bush and not get to the point within half an hour and they've lost interest. They weren't interested to begin with. You just get to the point. Um, just get to the point. Tell them that, um, tell them that, they, that they need a saviour. In here it says, um, we'll go to Ephesians. Ephesians in chapter 2. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, that's Colossians. People need to hear this, that in Ephesians chapter 2 it says, That at times you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. So you're without Christ and having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Without Christ, you are without hope. It is quite as simple as that. But we are drawn nigh, not by our own efforts, we're not drawn nigh by anything but the blood of Jesus Christ. But we are without hope without him. And people need to know this. And we, so this is shooting true. This is getting straight to the point. People need to hear that without Christ, they're going to hell. 
And there is no hope without Christ. And we need to get to the point. Uh, go to Hebrews and, and we'll get back up on, up on the trail. We'll get, go to Hebrews in eleven twenty four. Hebrews eleven twenty four. And it says here, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming their reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he hath respect unto the recompense of the reward. So, as, as I was talking before in, uh, in, in uh, Philippians 2, I just, um, you don't have to go back there, but I'll just, um, I'll nip back there myself, just briefly. Philippians 2, in verse 12, it says here, But now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So even, so, so, go back a little bit further. You have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So when we are out there in the world, when we are not in church, we've always got this decision to make. We can enjoy sin for a season. We can enjoy sin for a season if we want to. But when we read our Bible, and when we read our Bible, and when we read our Bible as we ought to, you know, you can read your Bible even if you're not studying to preach. If, you know, some, sometimes people say, say, you know, why are you reading your Bible? You, you know, or are you preaching soon? You know, you're reading your Bible. Are you, are you preaching? No, I'm just reading my Bible. And... It shouldn't be a surprise to somebody that you're reading your Bible. It should be normal for you to come through in the house and see somebody reading the Bible because that's what we claim. You know, we claim to love the Word of God and to meditate on the Word of God day and night. You know, when we say, do you meditate on the Word day and night? Everybody nods their heads. It's probably a lie. But we say that we meditate on the Word of God. We say that we love the Word of God. But do we? Is it a surprise to us when we go come through the house and, oh, somebody's reading the Bible. Wow. We must have been in the rapture or something. Um, um, but um, when we are in the world, it says here, Moses, when he was, it says here, by, by faith Moses, when he was come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be associated with the world anymore, but rather choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Is the heavenly rewards, are we, are we thinking of these hev- of heavenly things? When we think of the word of God, our view in it to eternity is, is how... Is based, our life is based on how we view eternity. If we take God seriously and the Word of God seriously, our view and our, our way of living will change uh, as, as we think on God. Esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. I just want to move on in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 5. So... Just go back a bit. 
Apparently, I'm not quite having my cold yet. Uh, so just pray as I preach that I can keep preaching um, and that my voice would be strong. Hebrews 5, uh, 9 to 14. You see, um, we, we say that... Um, we say that we are Christians, we come to church, we support the pastor, we dress up in our Sunday best, but we aren't reading our Bibles at home. Sometimes we've been to church for three years, four years, five years, maybe six years, and we're still not reading our Bibles at home. And it says here in verse, verse 9, And be made perfect, he came... He became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Are we dull of hearing? We have been here for two years, three years, four years. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and of strong meat. Are we, are we like this? Can we teach somebody the gospel? We've been to church for two years, three years, but can we actually teach somebody the gospel? Are we dull of hearing in the church? We have been here and we, have, we look to the pastor like we are mature. To the pastor, a lot of us look mature and we're given responsibility accordingly because from an earthly perspective, a lot of us look mature and responsibility is given to some people. But of whom we have things to say and hard of uttering speech, singing, ye are dull of hearing. For... The time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again. When, when you get up there to preach to somebody, or when you get up there and you want to share the gospel to somebody, sometimes sometimes the word just, words just don't come to you. But are you preparing yourself beforehand? It says to prepare yourself to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Are we preparing ourselves or are we not just are we just not reading our Bibles to begin with? Are we having to be taught again? You know, if if we consider, you know, like a soldier, we're supposed to be a good soldier. And a soldier might be given you know, who'd be given more than a year's compulsory military training before he's sent out on the battlefield. And if that soldier gets out in the battlefield and he's still not obeying orders, he's done going to get shot. It's as simple as that. If he doesn't follow what he's told to do on the battlefield, he's going to die. And worse still, his comrades are probably going to get shot with him. You know, you're out there and it's not just yourself that you're putting at risk. It's others. He has been through the training. He has been put out on the field because he is thought to be ready. 
But at a time where he ought to be teaching others and ought to be influencing others to stand up, so somebody falls over, and they're you know they're they're on a they're on a four mile run from one place to another place. And they've got to be there before dark, and one person falls over. They pick this you know you should be strong enough to pick that man up and and help him along the way if if that's not you, or your comrades should be strong enough or you know stop and help you so they don't get hurt and don't endanger everybody else. But at that time, you are found wanting. Are we found, are we found wanting? At a time that we ought to be ready, at a time that we ought to be ready to teach others, are we found out that we don't even know our Bibles? At a time where we've been in church for five years and pastor looks at us and goes you're a responsible fellow you've been here for years you've listened to all my preaching you've even preached a bit yourself and he gives responsibility to some people (coughs) is it found that we don't even know our Bibles (coughs) are we found that we don't even know the simple gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins do we stand up there and start to teach people and we have found that you know we ought to be teachers but we have need that one teach you again Um, so many of us get caught up in what Matthew and I call churchianity, not Christianity, churchianity. I don't know whether you guys have ever heard that word before. Uh, churchianity. Where your, your religion is based on going to church. You know, you go to church because your friends go to church. You go to friends because your relatives go to church. You go to church because you are expected to go to church. And you dress up nice, you look right, you walk the walk, you talk the walk, talk. But you're still found wanting because inside of you, you're not saved. You know, I was I went to church for years. I was I was brought up in church. In fact, I was probably going to church before I was born. But it wasn't until I was about fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember when that I was that I was saved. In fact, I can't really remember much about it. It was about this time I think we started listening to a pastor Reg Kelly, but I think that was about when I was saved. But I know that once I was lost but now I'm found, was blind but now I see. I don't really remember the time or the verse, but anyway. I remember though sitting for years in church and not believing and nobody would know. Nobody would know that I was not saved. Nobody would, nobody would know. Are you like that today? Are you just going to church because you're expected to go to church? It's Wednesday, but you know your parents might drag you along. You may be here because you have been to church, you know, Sunday after Sunday. You may be here because a relative is here. But do you believe? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your sin, as your saviour? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your saviour? Um, 
And if if you're going if you ha- if you have, and you you're going day by day, and you're still not submitting to God. Then you need to get right with God. If you're, if you're, if you're going to church, uh, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and you go to church and you put on a mask, you put on a different you. If you're different at home than you are at church, then you need to spend a lot more time reading your Bible. You need to really, you need to, as it says. Work out your own salvation. You are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, but you need to seriously sit yourself down and think, I say I believe, but do I walk as if I fear God as if He is real? Do I actually believe that God is real? Because that will dictate, that will govern your life. It says here in James James 3, verse Starting this. That's not quite the verse I was thinking of. No, that's because I'm in first John for some reason. James James three. Ten. That's the verse I was looking for. It says here, hum, it's, it's actually I start in verse 7. I might read this again later from verse 7, but I start in verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Are you guys, are you double-minded tonight? Are you one mind when you're at church and another when you're at home? <coughs> Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn. Weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. I don't know why that said um, something in verse 10 because that's actually what I was looking for. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. It says here, it says here, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning. Sometimes, you know, we get complacent. Lord help my voice. Sometimes we get complacent and we think it's all right. We can we can watch uh, this or that. We can dress how we want. And somebody stands up here and preaches against it. And we sit there smiling. And we go, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's on about. This doesn't apply to me. You can't tell me what to do. But if you knew who God was, if you actually knew who God was, it says here, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. If we actually knew who God was, we would think differently about the way we act. We wouldn't smile 
we wouldn't smile because it's not funny in the sight of God. And if we actually saw the way God was, we would stand in awe and sin not. If we go to um, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. In the year of the king Nebuchadnezzar, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I'm just going to ask people to help me out um, and to keep people awake. Um... Chapter 6, verse 2. Julius, could you read? And Brent, Brother Brent, could you read uh, chapter 3? Uh, verse 3, sorry. Chapter and one point unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of and uh, Levy, four. And uh, Ram, could you read five? When your eyes see the king, the lords of hosts. You know, Isaiah, this is chapter 6. Isaiah had already spent time walking with God. He'd already spent time walking with God. In, in uh, chapter 1, in verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He has already been walking with the Lord. He already knows these things. But when he saw God face to face, he'd been walking with God. We've been walking with God. But when he saw God face to face, he said, Woe is me, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips amidst the people. Um, amidst the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We may smile at the preacher and say, never mind, it's not for us. We may smile and say, we've heard all this before, why bring it up again? We may smile, but if we knew God, if we knew God, if we could see God, if we could see God, the picture would be Isaiah 6. The picture would be James 4, verse 9. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy into heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Are we double-minded? 
Are we, as, as I said before, um, you know, about obeying more in the absence of, of our pastor? Are we at home on Monday morning, on Thursday or Wednesday evening and say, you know, what he said isn't relevant, you know, what's, what's the point? Why, why are we here, you know? Or we, we agree about the salvation part of what Pastor said. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But when he brings up the part in the Bible, you know, I think it's in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 5, it says that a man shall not wear that which pertaineth to a woman, and a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man, for all who do such are an abomination to the Lord thy God. So we say that um, it's okay, you know, we, we agree with, with, the, um, with, the, with the preaching when it comes to salvation. But, we, but this, this, is just, um, this is just fanatical, this is just taking it too far. We, we agree with what Pastor says when he talks about the gospel. We agree with the gospel, but we don't agree with God telling us how to live our lives. Yeah. And that is double-minded. When God says, train up a child in the way which he shall go, we ought to be a training our children in the way we should go, in the way, in the way they should go. We trust the Bible when it says, you know, you're saved by the blood of the Lamb. But do, is that the only area we trust it? And if that's the only area that we trust God in, the area that God has died for our sins, if that's the only part of the Bible that we believe, do we actually believe the Bible? Do we actually believe the Bible if that's all we believe? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you want to walk with God, and if you want to uh, be pleasing to God, more so in the absence of pastor, you know, you should go home, and you should, you know, when you when you're at church, you can't look after the children, and you can't discipline them the same as you would at home, because everybody is here. Everybody's watching, and you're trying to be quiet and listen to the preaching. But when you're at home, do you just ignore the children? Or do you, do you treat them more so in the absence of the church? Are you just, are you just uh, chasing the children around the church to behave because people expect you to chase the children to behave? Or are you chasing the children because you genuinely want to hear the Word of God and you want people to hear the Word of God and you want the children to grow up hearing the Word of God? Are we living a life of churchianity where we scrub up for church and I'm, I'm not meaning physically, some, sometimes uh, we turn up in our work clothes. The other day we were Matthew and I got off work so late and the traffic was so bad that we had to call ahead and say, Brother Julius, are you at home? No, I'm at Bunnings. Well, that's not far from home. 
Do you mind bringing the uh, the uh, the sound equipment, the the microphones and and the speakers because there ain't no way we're going to be there on time. And he brought them, and we showed up in our work stuff. And you know, I look around and uh, I shook Ismail's hand before, and his hands aren't haven't been cleaned; they're still dirty from work, and that's fine. He's here at church. And it's better to be at church in your work clothes than at home in your Sunday best. It's not going to do you any good. Um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is, are we wearing our Sunday best as such at home? Are we wearing our best for Christ at work? Or do we just put on a show when we get to church? Do we just pretend that oh, we're a nice Christian when we get to church? You know, we look after the kids, and I'm not saying that uh, anybody who's looking after the kids has anything wrong with them. I just can't think of a better example. <laughs> um, but are we just um, are we just putting on a show to please the people around us? Are we? Are we actually mindful that God is watching us? God is our witness, and God knows our, their thoughts and the intents of our hearts. And it says, uh, it says in First John chapter chapter one. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. All of us sin, and it says that if we say we have not sinned, we make God to be a liar, because he has testified that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He already knows that we're a sinner. And, and we are saved by, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and God lives to make intercession for us. Uh, it says, He ever lives above for me to intercede. It's a, it's a song. Um, so all of us have sinned, and God knows it. So let's, uh, let's quit pretending on Sundays that we are something that we are not. But let's make that a reality throughout the week to stand up and to... Um, to uh, preach the Bible. Um, <coughs> to stand up <coughs> and stand strong. In the absence of pastor, in the absence of our friends at church. Um, if we go to James, James 1... James 1, 13 and 14. Just try and move along. James 1, 13 and 14. Let no man say that he is tempted, when he is tempted, that I, that tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lusts and is enticed. When you are tempted to go your own way at home, when you are tempted to do this and that, you can't point a finger at God. You're not tempted of God. 
But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and is enticed. But wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? And that's in Psalms. That's, we go there now, Psalms 119. <coughs> Psalms 119. And in verse 9 it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. With our whole hearts are we, sought, uh, we seeking God. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The words have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. If we are finding ourselves to sin against God again and again throughout the week, the question is, are we hiding God's word in our hearts? Are we reading the Bible? Um, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. You know, to follow Christ is a decision. We need to make our minds up to follow Christ. It says here, teach me thy statutes. Ask God to teach you the word of God. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. This is here, I will meditate in thy precepts. I will read the word of God. Will we read the word of God? I will delight myself. This is a decision. I will Delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy works. No, thy word. Make up this time. You know the, the devil has run around with our lives for far too long. It is time that we made a decision to follow God. It's time that we read the word of God. Pick up your Bibles and actually, you know, if if I was to go through the congregation and look. At your Bibles, you can tell the pages that have been read. You know, they lose their colour, or they gain another colour, some slightly yellow, because they've been read. They've been marked. You can feel the difference in the paper in some of the pages, because you turn there all the time. You lean on the Bible. You mark the Bible with a pen. And if you go through the congregation here, if I went through the congregation now, you know, if I, if I look in my own Bible, in Levit, like likes of Leviticus or Deuteronomy, the, the pages there are sadly a lot cleaner than they are elsewhere in the Bible because I don't read them as much. Now, if I went through the, the congregation here, I could tell you whether you read your Bible or not. Because your pages are not creased. Your pages are not torn. Your pages are not marked. Your pages are not crinkled. But that's not for me to know. God already knows. God already knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. God knows his sheep and they follow him. We need to make up our minds before um, 
before we get into a um, before we are confronted with with something else, we need to make up our minds to follow God and to stay strong. Um, losing was at um, uh, Daniel. Go to Daniel. Oh, actually, first. It says First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. First Corinthians ten. 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but with, but will with temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So you may be tempted during the week to sin. You may temp- be tempted to go back to the way you used to live before you were uh, saved. To listen to the music, to dress how you want to dress, to talk how you want to talk. Those are temptations. But God has already provided a way to escape, and that is by filling yourself with the word of God, that you may not sin against him. He has already provided a way, and if you read the word of God, and you read the word of God, Actually, um, where's that? That's in Corinthians as well. It says in Second Corinthians uh, chapter three. Uh, now the Lord, and in verse seventeen, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face, behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. If the Spirit of the Lord is in you, and you behold God's glory, the Word of God, and you behold it, you will be changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Of the Lord. It says he cha- the Lord changed into the same image. <clears throat> this is the image of Jesus Christ, because it, the whole book pictures Jesus Christ. And it says, as you read it, you'll become more and more like him. You'll be changed into the same image from glory to glory. You know, some people say, you know, but while you were young, while you were younger, you used to, you used to watch the, these movies. When you were younger, you used to have longer hair. When you were younger, you used to, uh, you used to play computer games. When you were younger, you used to do these things. But the Bible says, comparing yourselves among yourselves, you are not wise. I did those kinds of things when I was not saved. But it says here, you shall be changed into the image of Christ. We ought to be comparing ourselves against Christ, against the word of God, not each other. Saying, to, saying, you know, a lost man is justified because you used to do these things when you were not saved, doesn't cut the mustard. We ought to be looking as Christ for, to Christ for our example. And as we, as we look into the Word of God, and we study it, we are changed to the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I don't know how we're going for time, but I'll just keep up till my voice runs out. But you've been praying it won't run out, so you'll be here forever. <laughs> um, go to Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. 
Daniel 3.16 Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You see, they didn't have to go, when they were confronted, they were confronted with a decision, follow God, what he has said, or not. When they came up to that conflict, they didn't have to go home and read their Bible. They didn't have to go home and study and say, you know, is, is bowing down to the image of, you know, another God, or bowing down to another image, would God accept that? They already knew. They had already made up their mind that they weren't going to do this. They said, we're not careful to answer this in a matter. We don't have to think about it. When you go to the world, and when you go to work, and you're confronted with a decision, you need to have your mind already made up. You can't get to work and they say, oh, work's finished for the day, have a beer. And you go to your Bible and say, is, is drinking... Is drinking all right? You know? Is drinking all right? You need to have it made up in your mind before you get there. <coughs> to follow God. You need to know your Bible. You need to study your Bible. You need to read your Bible every day. It says, I delight in the Word of God. That means it's not a burden to you. <coughs> I might just um, read one more in the Psalms and then call it quits. Back to Psalms 119. But as soon as I stop, um, as soon as I stop preaching, my voice will be fine. I was like that the other day. Matthew was um, Matthew was witnessing to this door salesman that came to our place, and his voice was just like mine now. There's nothing wrong with him until the guy started <coughs> came to our house, and he could hardly put two words together. But he gave him a good presentation, and I, th- I was thinking, wow, how did he think of that verse? <laughs> it's just God helping him. And it's the case sometimes when I preach too. But as, as soon as the guy left, and the guy wasn't, didn't make a decision then to follow Christ, he said, not now, you know, I'll think about it later. So we need to keep praying for that guy. His, his name is in our, in our group chat, and we need to keep praying for him, because you don't know, you don't know that you've got tomorrow. It's not guaranteed. But as soon as that guy left, Matthew's voice was fine. <laughs> Just like that. He's saying... He, <laughs> thanks. Uh, he, he, he sang hymns for the next hour after that guy had left. There's nothing wrong with his voice. <laughs> You're just going to shoot that straight at the devil, I guess, get him there first. <laughs> but, but anyway, I'll just finish up Psalms um, 119. 
and 33. Maybe I'll get some uh, folks to help me out again. Levi 33. And Andre 34. I shall observe it with my whole heart. We need to pay attention and focus on the Word of God when we're reading it. Matt 35. 35. 35. Make, make me to go in the, in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Adrian. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to convince Pastor. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quickly thou me in thy way. Brother Bong. Establish thy word unto thy servant. Uh, brother Ismail, uh, 39. Turn away my reproach with thy fear, for thy sins are good. Brother Leo, 40. From day to day, are we longing after his precepts? Um, Right. Andre, will you close, close us with prayer? Thank you, Lord, for your words once again. Forgive us for our sin. 